Now, back to the Talk of Fame Network with Ron Borges, Rick Goslin, and Clark Judge on Yahoo Sports Radio. Just a reminder, the Talk of Fame Network is brought to you by MyCleanPC. If your computer runs slowly, log on to MyCleanPC.com for a free diagnosis. And within minutes, you can download software that can clean up what may be slowing it down. That's MyCleanPC.com. Well, everywhere Dirk Cutter goes, offense seems to follow, including offense in the running game, which seems to have fallen out of favor in some corners of the NFL, not in Tampa Bay, but in some corners. Dirk was named head coach of those Tampa Bay Bucks in January after transforming an offense led by a 21-year-old rookie quarterback into the league's fifth best overall and fifth best in rushing. No surprise there, of course. He put up similar numbers running the offenses at Jacksonville and Atlanta and as head coach at Boise State and ASU. That would be Arizona State, where he went to six bowl games in nine years. Now, well, now we're pleased to have him running our offense for the next few minutes. Dirk Cutter, thanks for joining us. Yeah, I appreciate it. Hope I don't have to call any audibles. (laughs) Us too. We do too. (laughs) Uh, Dirk, in in your first year as the Bucs offensive coordinator last season, you produced club records for net yards, over 6,000 yards and net yards per play. At the same time, you're developing a rookie quarterback and resurrecting uh, a running back in Doug Martin. How does your system seem to mesh so well with such a young quarterback and also with the running game? The main thing is we're not really tied in. You know, we have a, a system of way we operate, but just one of the things we've always really believed in is, uh, you know, play to the strengths of your players and uh, hide your weaknesses. I mean, put, you know, don't don't expose guys to things they're not ready for. So, you know, I knew from my time in Atlanta that how explosive of a running back Doug Martin was and uh, we had coached Charles Sims in the Senior Bowl, so I knew about Charles. And, uh, you know, when we came down here, we, we felt like we'd be able to run the ball uh, successfully. And, of course, Doug had a tremendous year, and our offensive line did a real nice job. We were breaking in a rookie quarterback, so even though we think Jameis has a fantastic future ahead of him, you know, we didn't try to give him every single thing in the playbook and tried to, tried to build it around the running game, around play action around more maximum protection type stuff, you know, let our, let our run game keep us in, in uh, down and distance friendly situations. So uh, we did do a good job of gaining yards. Unfortunately, we didn't do a good enough job of scoring points. I mean, that's something that we have to do a much better job of moving forward. Dirk, the running game seems to be vanishing in the NFL, but not in your offenses. Of course, Maurice Jones drew at the NFL rushing when you were running the Jaguars offense. What's the importance of the running game to you? Well, again, I think in both both of those instances, uh, both MJD, MJD in Jacksonville, and and uh, Doug here is when you've got a you've got a workhorse running back. You ask any great running back, they want the ball. I mean, Fred Taylor when we had him in Jacksonville, Maurice, uh, both Michael Turner and Stephen Jackson that we had in Atlanta, and Doug here, uh, those guys want the ball and. For big-time running backs to do their thing, they need carries. They need to see the defense. Now, unfortunately, when we were in Atlanta, if you are going to commit to running the football, you've got to run it efficiently, meaning you've got to be able to move the chains. I mean, you can't go first and ten, second and nine, third and eight, punt. You've got to you've got to make first down. So, if you are running the ball efficiently, keep handing it to them and let those guys see their looks, and and eventually those three or four yard runs, those great backs, they're gonna they're gonna make you look good. They're gonna make your whole line and everybody look good by turning three and four yard gains into eight, nine, twenty, thirty, forty yard gains. 
We're speaking with Dirk Hutter of the Tampa Bay Bucks, and Dirk, um, that sounds terrific and it works for you. But I'm just wondering, uh, a lot of teams, it seems, are going in another direction. The running back seems at least to be disappearing in importance. A, do you agree with that in terms of looking around the rest of the league? And if so, why? Well, I, I think the, a couple of factors there. First and foremost, running backs, it's well proven, have a pretty short shelf life. And if you really look at it, the guys that play that position, they take a pounding. I mean, when you give a top-notch running back 20-plus carries a game over a 16-game season, those guys take a pounding, and, and their bodies seem to wear down. Secondly, it's a quarterback-driven league, and we're paying quarterbacks a lot of money in this league, and you know people want to see the ball put in the quarterback's hands, and I can, I can definitely see that. And then lastly, I mean, nobody, fans coaches, players, nobody's very patient anymore. I mean, it's, uh, it's hard to sit there and take four or five-yard gains when, uh, when we've got the quarterbacks and the receivers in this league that can, that can go for the jugular a little quicker. Last year, Winston threw, I think it was seven picks in his first four games and then only eight uh, in the final 12. Did you make adjustments to, to what you were asking of him in your offense to reduce those mistakes, or is this a, just a case of, of him learning quickly? I think it's more, more a case of him learning quickly. I mean, as I said before, we, we did try to, to limit how much we put on Jameis, but Jameis has been in a lot of big games in college and, uh, you know, won a national championship, won a Heisman Trophy. The one thing, even the knock on Jameis coming out of college was that he would sometimes dig his team into a hole by turning it over too much and then through a lot of nice plays by him and, and the players around him at Florida State, they were able to come back and get a lot of wins. But you know, we, we were constantly preaching to Jameis through OTAs last year, through the preseason, that in the NFL it's not like that. If you turn the ball over, you're not gonna you're not gonna be able to recoup it. And, you know, we got off to a, a very rough start, as you said, seven seven interceptions in those first two games and I think Jameis had a had a meeting with himself and, and just <laughs> He, if you ask him what's the number one thing he learned, he, he learned that you got to be more careful with the football and give him the credit. He did a good job of that as the season went on. Dirk, you had met Ryan in Atlanta when he had his greatest season. You had David Garrard uh, when he was a Pro Bowl quarterback in Jacksonville. What's the upside for Jameis? I think it's huge. I think the upside is huge because Jameis is a, you know, he, he loves to play football. He's a tremendous leader tireless worker. I'm the first guy in the building, last guy to leave. Football is really, really important to him. He's got plenty of things he can work on uh, skill-wise, technique-wise, footwork-wise, delivery-wise. So, you know, still a, a lot of room to get better, but just a high ceiling. The players want to play for him, play with him, and play hard for him. Uh, I, think, I think the sky's the limit. This guy's been successful at every level. And uh, I'm, a, I'm a true believer that he'll be successful at this level as well. Hey, Dirk, earlier you said you didn't give him every single look in the playbook last year, and now we're in year two. Just wondering, does he have an expanded playbook this year? In other words, have you opened it up to him, and is he able to audible at the line of scrimmage? Oh, yeah. He, he was always able to. Now, I don't, I don't, when I say we limited what we did, I don't, I don't want anybody out there to think that Jameis, Jameis is a really smart guy and uh, – it's just we didn't we chose as coaches not to put him in too many positions that we didn't think he was ready for. And yes, we have even as the season went on last year, we gave him more and more. Yes, he does audible at the line of scrimmage. He did last year all the time. We give him either or plays, 
pass to pass, pass to run, run to pass, run to run checks, uh, handles all that stuff, no problem. Of course, now in, in OTAs is a great time, uh, OTAs in preseason. Now that Jameis knows what to expect, he's been, been through a full NFL offseason, preseason, regular season. Everything's not new to him. Sure, we're giving him more and more. We want to we test the boundaries. And you can always reel it back in when you, when you get to the season and see how things are going. We also think we'll continue to be a good run team. In your opinion, what's the difference between running the offense, which you've done so well, and running the entire team? And does the latter take you away from the offense a little bit more than you would like? Well, the difference, I guess I'm going to learn what the difference is. I, I mean, I did it for nine years as a, as a college coach, but, you know, college, college coaching in, in the NFL is not the same. There are some very successful head coaches in the NFL who are still calling the offense. So I know it can be done because I'm, I'm modeling some guys that are doing it. Of course, it does take you away a little bit more. Uh, I enjoy being in front of the whole team and, and talking to the whole team, but I think the number one thing you have to do is uh, hire assistant coaches that you believe in and then turn them loose to coach. And as you three guys all know, uh, we were very, very fortunate to be able to get Mike Smith, who I've worked with at, at both Jacksonville and Atlanta. We have a really experienced uh, staff on defense, Jay Hayes, Mark Duffner, John Holt, Brett Maxey, backing Mike Smith up. So the fact that we've got experienced guys on defense, that I think is the most important thing that, that I could do to help myself stay involved with the offense. Hey, Dirk, thanks so much for the time, and best of luck getting those bucks going again. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you guys for having me on, and uh, we really appreciate uh, you guys thinking of us. You got Thanks, it. Dirk. Thanks, Dirk. That was Tampa Bay coach Dirk Cutter. When we return, you'll hear why former Chicago receiver Harlan Hill deserves Hall of Fame consideration. This is the Talk of Fame Network.